Hello and welcome to Me Conscious, where we talk about the mind, the body, the soul, the conscious energy running through our body, through the universe, and through our hearts. Today we are talking with Miss Audrey Omer. Right. Mm-hmm. She is a yogi instructor, meditation instructor. She owns a cafe with her yoga studio. And she's also an author. And her what is your book, Audrey? <laughs> so the book is called Um Out of the Dark Out of the Darkness. I am yoga. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So she's also an author and she's done so many beautiful things. And I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about Audrey. Um, and how I met her, um, or if you want to tell it, this is, it's a beautiful story. I've known her for like yeah. five, six well, years. Since 2018. Yeah. So we met in India, um, in Rishikesh, uh, during some training. Um, Mackenzie was one of the students there. And I think you were taking, were you taking the Nada? I was, we were both in the Nada yoga school and they did three different classes at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the Kundalini Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And I did just the, the basic meditation and that is um, not basic. No, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, no. I took the meditation training and for mm-hmm. me, it was really um, an amazing experience. So I'm grateful that I've met Mackenzie and I've met other people there that I'm still in contact with. I've, I have friends, I have uh, mentors there now, so I can't, you know, express the gratitude I have for that journey. And I think um, having this podcast today, I think is important to really discuss some of the struggles once we like we're immersed in it over there. And then we come back here. So (sighs) much, so much like even. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we met back in 2018 Mm -hmm. and I was going through a conscious awakening Mm-hmm. Right. And because it wasn't unconscious, I was very conscious of the awakening I was having. And I was like drawn to go to India. I literally like dropped my whole life. Yeah. I quit my job. I left my car. I moved out of my house. Like yeah. I, I left. I was like, I don't care what happens when I come home because I know that when I come home, I know how to get a job. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I know how to get a job. That's not the issue. Yeah. Um, and I know how to take care of myself. So I just left and it was, um, it was definitely a conscious awakening and being there with you, like you and I, we just connected so easily. We weren't even in the same class. And no, we are today. <laughs> And I remember like just sitting in that little um, foyer there, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be sitting there because my room was right around the corner there and you'd be sitting there crocheting and we would just be having chit chats and, and I just felt this instant connection with you and, and I'm, I appreciate being able to stay connected with you after all these years and, you know, kind of watching you go through your journey. Mm. And we've connected a few times over the last couple of years through the pandemic and it's really comforting to know that there's other people on this journey with us. Mm -hmm. And I know for, I agree that the pull to go to India was so strong. It was like India drew me in. And I just remember even in the air, like I was watching the air go over Indian airspace. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we got into Indian airspace feeling like, and I just, I think I even said it out loud, I'm home. And I'm like, why would I even like, it was just this amazing 
you can feel like we talk about conscious living and, and the spirituality part of it, right? And just all of the spirituality that's happened in India over the generations and how we've got to benefit from those teachings. And it's just an, an amazing experience. And I'm so grateful. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And I wanted to ask you, like, what was it that like initially brought your conscious mind to go to India in the first place? Like, what was that initial idea? So for myself, you know, when I started practicing yoga myself, um, obviously it was me coming from a space of um, trauma and trying to heal. And I always was drawn to um, the yoga practices and, and, but I didn't start practicing myself until, you know, 2007 in and around that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, after I took all my training here in North America and I had a really good meditation teacher, but it was a lot more formal. It was more structured um, in a more textbook style, I guess you want to say. Yeah, like what we um, did, it, it was more like it not freestyled because it was very structured, but very, it was very like, structured. But it was very, still just a lot. I don't know. It was, I guess, just being there in in the space of India, and I was just, yeah. I just had it in my head that I. I needed to go. And it was scary when I left, you know, I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to come home to. I don't know if I'm going to have a marriage at the end of this. I'm leaving for a month. Like my husband's not a yogi and he's not a, you know, um, we're on totally different planes, frequencies. Yeah. frequencies. Um, but really it did the opposite. So as I came back, um, when I came back home, I was, I felt completely liberated and completely like I can do anything on my own. Yeah. Was that your I, first time traveling by yourself? Like, on Yeah. Your yeah. So it was a big, big, huge, um, you know, and I'm don't really want to be on planes and 17 hours in an airplane was like, ah, but I was just so determined that if something happens, it's going to happen anyways. And I can't control that. So I, I need to go. Right. And it was the same for me. It was my first long distance trip out of the country by myself. I mean, I've yeah. been out of the country before, but with people or I was never by myself. And I like, again, you're in Canada, mm -hmm. right? you're, you're on yep. Ontario. And then, yep. you know, I'm in Florida. So we're almost yep. like this. right above each other. <laughs> and we're just like having the same idea. We're going to go whoop, all the way and across the world. Yeah. With the same conscious thought, you know, how, like, first of all, what are the odds, you know, what are the odds that like two random people are going to meet each other Yeah, on different hemispheres, just a little bit and just yeah. meet each other on the other side of the world. And I, you know, like for myself, I, I would have been doing yoga since I was 19 because of a car accident to my back. Mm -hmm. Right. And so my mom had introduced it. The doctor had suggested it to like stretch because yep. I had two herniated discs. And so the gym that I went to offered like free yoga with your membership. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool, whatever. So we went and I was like hearing all these words like namaste, <laughs> some salutations. What are these? Words? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm a very intricate person. I break everything down. I can like dissect it. Like I'm a mechanic. So <laughs> it's like, I have to know all the parts. Cause if I don't know what's being said, 
then if I don't believe what's being said, then I'll kind of feel like I might feel a little weird here after I know what these words are. Yeah. You know, so I looked, went home and Googled the words and I was like, oh, namaste. I see you and you see me. Like I can see the light inside of you, mind, body, soul. Like, yeah, very intrigued. I was not a 19 year old, you know? And Mm -hmm. so when I was going through this awakening and I was seeing, I I had a friend who like, who was telling me, you know, like you're going to get a certification through yoga. If that's what you want to do, um, go to India, go to the source, you know, go, go to where they're going to teach it. Not from Westerners who have no idea. Like they only have scratched the surface of yoga Mm -hmm. when this is like their life. They do this every day. Yoga, like this is, this is everything. It's different. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's going to be cheaper. And it was, it was so much cheaper. It was because the training I had here was like 50 times more than what I paid there. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't regret any of, of the training here. Um, right. But I, I wanted to go to the source and I wanted to experience standing on that land and to, to experience the energy and, you know, listening to the you know what I think it was like five or six o'clock at night remember they would always play mm, the arti yes and and being in in the top room where the yoga room was and to like be able to see the mountains out that window and I can still experience when I'm doing my yoga here I still visualize I'm sitting and I can feel that energy right and this necklace it's just this little so when I got home it was Christmas time here right when we came mm-hmm. back so this little necklace here, my daughter had made for me, mm. and it's a map of Rishikesh. So, so, awesome. so it's just a, I mean, it's nothing fancy. It's so it, fancy. But it's, I wear it every day to remind me that, and my little own symbol here, um, not to forget the experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, again, like Rishikesh, like it changed, it changed our lives, right? It did, 100%. And like, we're still going, we're like, everyone's like, we're going back. We're doing good things. Oh, we're all st- yeah. Like, Jeremy, I still talk to Jeremy. And- I know. Yeah. It's so cool. Like Josita, our meditation teacher, we are, we are such good friends. Now we stay connected through WhatsApp and she actually helps with my uh, teacher training program. She zooms mm-hmm. in and it's like, we would never have had that experience. I love you that. No. And the- yeah thing yes there's so much oh we broke up yeah I think you're you're good now yeah we've had so many beautiful connections from that moment you know it was like mm-hmm. so many divine connections from that experience that will yeah. we will forever cherish and take with us in this lifetime yeah, yeah. and it's Rishikesh is something that we cherish you know mm-hmm. it's why we are where we are today in this moment, you know, it yeah. is what's got us here and it's, it's beautiful. Um, which leads me to the topic of what we are going to go over today is yeah. the, like conscious mind, having a conscious mind mm-hmm. in this world, having a, and what does that mean? What does it mean to have a conscious mind, a spiritually awakened mind, um, or a conscious awakened mind? Cause we're all conscious, but is it, yeah it being awakened, heightened, sensitive, things like this. And how do we kind of go about our day 
and kind of like just your day-to-day life, like as a business owner, as a teacher, Mm -hmm. as a mom, as a wife, you know, as a mentor, uh, a friend, it's and balancing all that and being whole inside yourself, because that's a lot of energy. That's a lot. And it is a lot. And, and I think the last couple of years, I mean, we came home from, um, you know, India and we had a year to kind of integrate back. I don't know about you. Then all of a sudden the pandemic hits, right. Right. And the world changed and people were brought to, yes. Um, But I think what it also did is it made people, it forced people to be a little bit more awake. Mm-hmm. because it got them off the treadmill and they had to like, Oh, wait a minute. What is, who am I? What am I doing am with I? my life? Yeah. And I, you know, I ask a question in class. I say to them, like, ask yourself, who am I? If you take away all of the roles of who you are. So an artist, you ask me, you know, introduce myself. Am I an artist? I'm a mom. I'm a, you know, those are roles that I play. Mm-hmm. So if you strip all of those away, every single one of them, who do you end with, end up with? who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, you are this conscious being experiencing in your body, right? But we get so stuck on those roles and then our reactivity to whatever's happening within the parameters of each role, depending on what our relationships are, mm-hmm. change our experience and it changes the experience with other people. So being awake through that and being aware, you can almost see that it's a, it's a play playing out. And depending like inside on how, your body and inside the reality of the world, like it's yeah. literally just like a, like, you, yeah. it's almost like the way you see it. It's a completely different perspective because you're no longer like, and no. I've been through it. Like, it's almost like the hamster wheel. Like, Oh, yes. I, I love my job. I'm waking up. I go to work every day yep. and this is what I'm doing. And I do it today. You know, I yep. still do it, but now I do it with a conscious mind. Yeah. You know, because I was just gung ho. This is my day. I come home. I do this. It was very, uh, yeah. and I was unhappy and I was in bad relationships. There was yeah. a lot of things happening. And I mm-hmm. was like, why are all these things happening? Yeah. And waking up after that, it took me being not in a bad job as much as it was being in that was a type of job, like my, not my job, but it was like what I was selling was my product. Cause I sold mm-hmm. liquor, I sold alcohol yeah. and I'm yeah. like, for my, for my day job guys, like for my day job, I was a promotional model where I would sample alcohol and liquor or any like products. If there was another companies that other like came to me for other things, but mainly alcohol and liquor and then I got a promotion like two years into it. And I became the district manager for the number one mixologist in the world, Charles Jolie. Um, he created the brand craft house cocktails. It's all organic. It's natural. You can reuse the bottle. I usually used them for water bottles afterwards. <laughs> so I did that for a living and I loved it. I loved my job because I networked, I connected with people, I would market. And then on my free time, like I didn't really work a lot. Like I got my job done and then I would go to the beach yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I would go to my mom's because I had to go to that side of Florida. Like my mom lives on the other side of Florida. So I would have to go over there for work. So I'm like, I'm going to mom's. Yeah. <laughs> you no. Know? Yeah. Um, and it was nice. I got to make my own schedule. 
But on my free time, it was yoga. It was going to the gym. It was going to the beach. It was meant like just being calm mm-hmm. because I had gone through so much trauma Mm-hmm. And when I was working, it was like hamster wheel, hamster wheel, hamster wheel. And I still do yeah. this in my job now, you know? Yeah. But now also coming to that conscious mind of what am I doing with my life? And I'm just poisoning people. I'm literally handing out poison as I go and promote health for myself. I was like, what? It didn't make sense. It didn't. Yeah. And then every day after that felt like I was trapped more and more and more. And then I, then I started seeing all the negativity, all the toxic Mm -hmm. people, the toxic environments, like why I was getting drawn in, like, like why I felt like I was tricked into a friendship almost, or Mm -hmm. you ever feel like that? You ever felt like you've been tricked into a friendship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's like a way to put it. Wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. Yeah. I don't think I signed up for this one. (laughs) (laughs) And I think a lot of it is we, if we're not living authentically, like all these words that I used to hear before, like authentic living and conscious living and, you know, they were just words, but now I get it. Now it's like, okay, if I'm not living to the authenticity of my, if you want to call it your soul, um, then you're going to feel that uncomfortableness. You're going to feel that nagging at you. And it's going to be telling you something's not right. Something's not, you know, you're not living the path that you should be or that your soul wants. And I think one of the concepts that Javasu introduced in India that I hadn't even thought of before, um, you know, you think you're born with this soul and you're born with, um, and everybody's soul is kind of the same, but really he introduced the thought that your soul can die. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? Like that to me, like it was like mind blowing to think of that. If you're not authentically living, your soul retreats. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel as if not with myself, but I feel as if sometimes like you ever feel like you wake up and you're a completely different person one day and like everything Mm -hmm. has just changed. And it's like, you're the same conscious person, Yeah, but you're like, Hmm whoa and it's almost like something was uploaded into your body or like another it's weird because I I mean it is like I was saying it is for myself but it's not for myself but what I'm getting to a point with this with the soul thing is that Mm -hmm. like sometimes I feel as if like you could die spiritually yes spiritually die and be I feel like given another soul as if like because your conscious mind is still there. You're your host, basically this host mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. but like, doom, it's like this whole new conscious soul being is inside of you because like who I was 10 years ago is not the person I am today. No. And I, and I know for myself, 100%, I am not the person I was. I'm the same person, but I'm mm-hmm. not the same person at the same time. And sometimes I, it, I think having that conscious living sometimes it's really difficult to be in the situations that you might've been a decade ago and fit in, or even have, be able to have a conversation because you're seeing it from a completely different perspective and you're on not a different level, but it's, you're awake, you're paying attention. Right. Well, 
And we also have what's called neuroplasticity, right? Mm -hmm. So neuroplasticity in psychology is the, the brain's ability to expand, um, Mm -hmm. and learn and grow. And I actually just had, uh, last the spring semester, 2022 with my physiological psychology class, we were discussing Albert Einstein's brain and Mm. the weight of it because it was, um, I don't know off the top of my head, but it was significantly bigger than the average man's brain, you know? Wow. And so we were getting into like, you know, why could that be? And I had an epiphany, like in the middle of class and we're in a zoom class, mind you. And I'm the only person who ever talks. Everybody always has their video off. It was so much fun. (laughs) And all my so much fun being in college at 30. It's like, okay. Yeah, everybody else is like hiding there with their phones in the background. Right. It's like, okay, this is my t- time is money now. You know, time yeah. is like a rent pay, man. <laughs> I got yeah. things to do. I got a business to build, <laughs> you know? But exactly. In- so we got to talking about Albert Einstein's brain and its weight of it. And I was like, what if Albert Einstein had consciously turned off all of the thoughts that were no longer necessary inside of his brain and only focused on the conscious ones that he needed to expand his brain and was so focused and dialed in on his, it was, uh, well, I don't even know, forgive me, but Albert Einstein was, um, um, he did physics, right? Math, he was a mathematician, yeah. but it was physics, right? I think so. Cause he was like, Albert Einstein was the theory of relativity. Was that his, let me see, Google that now. Cause now I, now I need to know. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm pulling this up. I'm like, now I'm like, how could I not know? <laughs> like, I know so much about Albert Einstein, but I'm like, wait a minute. What did he do? Come on. type. I want to say theory of relativity. <laughs> um, My Bluetooth is turned on. Oh, <laughs> well, I like this. What is happening? Oh, what, what is happening? Uh, my is not turning on. There we go. There we go. Let me Google it on my phone. What did we just do? Oh, I think you're, we froze there for a second. My mic switch. No, my, um, he was a a theoretical physicist thank you something i had like a technical spasm in my computer (laughs) oh no i cut like my headphones out and then that wasn't (laughs) typing i'm like okay thank god for cell phones (laughs) yep oh i know Oh, well, technology great. is great when it works, but yeah. Theoretical physicist. 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 Yeah. Okay. Physicist. I don't even know what that would do. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even really tell you what the definition of that is, but um, I know that he was very smart. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I guess we yeah. could Google that, but it's not important yeah. in this moment. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Well, what I'm getting to is that he used the conscious part of his mind and said, mm-hmm. okay, I have neuroplasticity. So I'm going to use that to my advantage and not put anything that my body doesn't need or my brain doesn't need into my brain or body and only focus on 
physics, basically physicist. He's a physics, Mm -hmm. you know, um, at math and he was taught and he literally was like, would like, if it's like me in my business, it would drive you mad, Mm -hmm. you know? And cause I know there's moments for me, especially when I'm like, I'm kind of a techie nerd. I built my whole website and, you know, I wrote everything and, I, you know, I've got dual monitors and mm-hmm. <laughs> podcasting equipment, you know, all of yeah. the things. And I'll stay up all night writing a program because I'm so dialed in and focused. And I'm like, I've got school and work and clients tomorrow and I'm still going to do it. Yeah. And I'll like sleep in like these little increments randomly throughout the day. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> it's it's good, but at the same time, it's like making sure I don't put myself into a state, a burnout state. You yeah. know, I need to make sure I get the like. Still, doesn't matter if I'm doing that eight hours at one time. I actually do better if I like nap, twi- like sleep twice a day or three mm-hmm. times a day, compared to like one big sleep. My body does not like that. Yeah, as long as you're getting the sleep that your body requires right and I think even doing like the yoga and the breathing and the meditation helps with having that reset on our nervous system and I think you know that's the biggest benefit that anybody can get out of doing these practices is and I think really just being mindful and consciously aware you then can see things and then that's when you can decide oh do I really want to continue this pattern or do I need to make a change Right. And you know what? That's what I love about yoga and like incorporating it into our life because, mm-hmm. um, and I think who was it? There was, there was a gentleman in my Kundalini class. What was his name? He went to very tall, skinny, younger kid, gentleman. Oh, yes. I do know who you mean, but I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. I know who you mean. And he was so Didn't sweet. Didn't it start with a Y? Yona. He's, yeah. Was it Yona? Yona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. Yona. So yeah. he was talking about not being able to like sleep at night. And especially for the Vatas um, in Ayurveda, mm-hmm. people yeah. with the Vata energy um, tend to not be able to sleep at night. Or when your Vata is elevated, which is basically saying, you need more air. You've got it. Your mental mind is going nuts. Maybe you're a little dry, you know, yeah. things like this. Oh, you're constipated. Sorry, TMI, but these are the, the signs of that your Vata is elevated mm-hmm. and you like, but how do I go to sleep at night? And I was like, look, yoga is a reflection, just like everything else in the world. And we're going to take that reflection and we're going to reflect it onto our bedtime. So if the, if the asana practice is the walk through life. Right. And I, that consciously clicked in my head too. When I was in Rishikesh, I was, I went to to kind of bunny trail off for a second. I went to Rishikesh like a month and a half Mm -hmm. for our training. And so when I was walking up to my hostel, uh, like 20 minutes from the main road up the jungle, because I wanted to be away from the main, the main road and all the noise and the people and stuff. And anyways, I'm climbing up this mountain and I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. Mountain climbers. And then as, as you're going up the mountain, you're, you are doing mountain climbers. 
And so that's where that original pose came from. And then when you're going down the mountain, because even to, to get to my hostel, it's not like you're walking down the street, you're legitimately in India. And this is multiple a lot of people's houses are, you are on the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And so it is not like, and you did this daily. I walked like three and five miles a day. You, you don't have a car. You, how are you going to get a car through there? You have to walk. <laughs> Yeah. And so you're going down the mountain and you have chair pose, you know, and sitting your butt back and your shoulders back and, you know, becoming one with the ground. So you don't slip and fall on your mm-hmm. ass because I did that once. It was steep. It was literally at one point you were like leaning back. My like shins were like super stretched. It was a lot. So with Yona, I was telling them, so if that's the reflection, if we're taking the daily walk of life of yoga and putting it into a reflection of our life, ultimately Shavasana is our bedtime. Yeah. So just laying down and getting our body into this meditative state to go into the yoga nidra and Mm -hmm. to allow, if we can do it consciously, with ourself, with the breathing and the relaxation and consciously putting into our mind what we want to, how we want to ascend, you know, Mm -hmm. into the, to the dream world, then you can ultimately set yourself up for a better sleep. Does it work every time? No, No. but it is a practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with, um, you know, digging a little bit more into the trauma connection with our bodies, and with the mind and, and, you know, we, we know the connection with the mind and body with yoga. Um, I think people have a, a concept of, we want to use the mind to train the body, but we also want to use the body to train the mind. Yeah. So the, the body actually tells the mind what's going on. And then the brain responds accordingly. And the brain is a tool that we can use. Right. And yeah. when we, when we're using our bodies to, you know, con- to relax. And that's where we get into yoga nidra into that state of nothingness, right. Into that nothingness zone. Um, it works. You just have to show up and do the practice and just lying in Shavasana, you know, saying literally to your foot, relax, Yeah. you know, relax. And the more you do it, you're training and your body instantly will go to this place of stillness. I had a a client yesterday at 6am and like, I've been trying to take all my yoga clients at like sunrise to Mm -hmm. get them into the habit of Of doing it in the morning, doing it. Yes. And even though sometimes it's a struggle for me too, I'm not a morning person. And I even Mm -hmm. went through that this, this morning I had a client at 6am and I didn't take a nap yesterday. So I overslept. (laughs) He was very forgiving. He's like, it's okay. I had a great workout. He went to the gym and went to the perfect. I'm like, perfect. I'm so, and he was like, it's okay. And I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life will go on. We, that's yeah. another practice for me to not beat myself up. But um, so I had them at 6 a.m. and I put her in yoga nidra at the end of our practice and had her relax her body. And I did a, um, a sound bath a little bit with my copper singing bowls and, mm-hmm. um, she, you could see it, you can see it in the body when the body actually releases mm-hmm. and goes into that state of yeah. yoga nidra or, um, 
yoga nidra is also it's um like going into the subconscious mind almost it's like a it's like a head definitely it really is yes it's like a head dive into a a deep meditation where you just let the mind in the body just completely relax and it goes but you're still conscious because Mm -hmm. a lot of times you can still hear you can still hear everything that's going on um and then I want, and I still kept going through the sound back, back in the meditation. And then I also like cleansed her body with sage a bit, but, mm-hmm. um, like coming back to it and going back to the sound, you could feel or not feel, you could see her body consciously wake up. It was like a shock, like her body or her mind. One of the two realized that she was in this state and maybe it wasn't comfortable and she mm-hmm. woke up from it. And it was good timing anyways. Like it was right when I was about to wake her up, like, and say, Hey, it's time to move your toes. And it's kind of like a hypnosis almost. Well, it is. And and I think, um, there's some, you know, caution when you're, especially if you're being guided into a, a relaxation to that depth that whoever is cueing that relaxation, you want to be able to trust them because you're going to be in a susceptible state because you are getting to the unconscious or subconscious mind, right? Yeah. So I think that sometimes when people go to that place, it scares them because they're like, first of all, maybe never have been that relaxed. And it's, it's a, a foreign feeling for them. Yeah. And that's when really sometimes the subconscious stuff will start to kind of float its way up to the surface and where you might see somebody, you know, have some emotions come up or they'll start to cry or, or they get agitated and they just don't, they don't want to be still. But if we can just get past that point and start to train the mind and the body, it just has the most amazing benefits. And that is the opportunity for us to plant those seeds of, you know, what do you want to bring into your life? What do you want to bring into that subconscious realm so that in our conscious living, um, we can pull that up much more easily. Right. And we don't have those triggers and, and, Again, if we reflect on the pandemic the last couple of years, it again was an opportunity, especially for us on this conscious to path, be so still to be so and to be aware of our triggers and and use it as an opportunity to okay, it's it's a mirror. It's reflecting back, and it's only going to reflect in me if it exists within me. That's right. So, and that's, that's a struggle. Cause it's like, fuck, I thought I was done with that. Oh <laughs> yes. It's like, always like, oh my, holy fuck. There's like, always my response. Holy yeah. fuck. Because, and my mom will look at me and she always does this candy. And I'm like, no, because it is, it's very holy and everything that it does because yes. it's happening to us for us. And God is doing this with us. Yes. It's like, <laughs> and, oh, and I thought, didn't I learn that fucking lesson? <laughs> like, how come do I, do I have to do it again? <laughs> right. And it, and I catch myself going, okay, thanks for showing me again. <laughs> yes. And it's like that lesson. It's, it's that lesson that you're like, I thought it, like you said, I thought I learned this before, but it's like, yeah. I must have skipped a step because you, you, must have, and you watch the cycle because yes, this is something that a lot of people don't put in together, but I have recently just trying to been help my clients a lot with putting this into their life. It's like, Hey, we have four seasons, right? We have four freaking seasons and we have the summer, the fall, the spring or the 
the, the winter. winter. I miss the winter. <laughs> yeah. I was just naming them off the winter, yeah. the spring and re- rotation. So we have all four seasons. Yes. And so, but we don't always have our seasons inside those seasons. No, like, I'm a spring baby, but so like I'm an April baby, but like my season doesn't start like my mental season of when I go strong is winter. Like I do hibernate, but at the same time, like I still need movement. Yeah. That's when I'm ready to launch things is like August, September. Like it, that's when I'm go, go, go time, but not the summertime. My summertime's like, I'm going to go just chill. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go to the beach and I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. And I'm like that too. I really very much love the the autumn is when I come alive. That's Mm. when my artist brain kicks in. That's when the energy I feel the most vibrant. That's when I do the teacher training, everything kind of in September, October right? uh, is, is like when everything is alive. And it's that kind of energetic. And then when the winter comes, it's like a little bit, you know, mellow. And then the spring, the whole newness comes back. But yes. and we all have those cycles, even when we're going into our lessons, yes. <laughs> you know, it's a cycle. So if we don't recognize it, it's going to repeat itself. And it's like, right. damn it. I, I honestly thought I made it through that. I thought I, I had learned that lesson, but obviously it's still showing up. So right existing within me so it's a time to like oh I gotta look at this I gotta right so you (laughs) know everything's gonna start coming back around every single season every single season and I you know what I love is Facebook Facebook reminds me of my seasons so much and I'm like okay I'm on the right track I'm on the right path because I was doing this last year (laughs) exactly and And I'm still doing it which is good but I'm you can see how much you've grown from that last one to this one and you're like holy fuck (laughs) and it's a good reminder I love that now yeah I love that because it does show us like okay this time last year I was still showing up yes and I'm still showing up this year so Um, and, and for me, like being consciously awake is, is when I get up in the morning, I'm like, what do I want to bring to my day today? What am I bringing to the table? Yeah. What am I bringing to the table and how am I going to show up in the world? And, you know, I have a small cafe here. It's not, it's nothing miraculous, but when I hear somebody, thank you. When I hear somebody come in here and, and they say, ah, I hear them walk in and I hear them take a big breath Mm. and they're like they wander around and like, Oh, it's just so wonderful in here. It feels so good. It smells so good. And, but in the background, we are setting the intention for that space to be something that somebody feels comfortable in, no matter what walk of life you come from. You know, I have this man that's been coming in here for a couple months and he's really hardcore, um, loves to get on social media and cause shit. Right. And when he first came in, I was like, oh, I don't know, is this going to be good or not? But yeah. in him coming in here and getting to know us, he's now saying like, oh my gosh, he says, I, I really thought I was coming into some snooty yoga place, you know, and he kind of had that preconception. 
Yeah, and because that's what the Western has done to it. Exactly. Like, if you're not this, if you're not that, then or this Lululemon kind of sit with us. I even I legitimately yeah. got turned away from a yoga studio that told me, you know, go get certified or we'll certify you, or and then you can teach here. Okay, I went and got a certification, and then they said we don't do well with that yoga here. Well, it's not about with you and what you have. Like I can bring my clients to the table, mm-hmm. you know, like, let me, I just need a studio to teach in. And yeah, she was like, exactly. no, she was like, no. And I was like, okay. And I find that so sad because it, it will keep people away that it could benefit. Um, so for me, yoga? yeah, for me having this space, somebody sitting, having a cup of coffee, it, they're doing yoga yes. because we're mindfully having a conversation and they're awake. Yeah. So let's break that down for a moment. Um, and I know we've kind of gone through a couple of things, but like, and it, they all fit into each other, you know, mm-hmm. but with yoga, so yoga <clears throat> to, to do yoga is it actually derives from the word yoga. So mm-hmm. to, to yoga is to yoke or yoke like, okay. together. Yeah. And so to yoga is to unite. And exactly. that's the English word of yoga or yoke, depending yeah. on how you're pronouncing it. And it can be yeah. with a G or with a K. Yeah. Um, and so the unity, it doesn't matter. It's how that's being united because yoga is not the, as- the asana practice. And that's mm-hmm. where the a big confusion comes from mm-hmm. with yoga is that there's that that's all yoga is, is just the asana practice. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about the conscious mind and the expansion of our, of our mind, you know, that's the mind, the body and the soul. We need all three of those things. And in order to do the yoga properly cleanse the body, the lymphatic system and everything, mm-hmm. or even just to walk through life, mm-hmm. there's so much more than that than just a yoga practice. Exactly. And, and, you know, if we can offer somebody the space to come in and have a cup of of coffee that maybe will never do what we consider a yoga practice to me, they're still practicing yoga because they are engaging and they are present in the conversation. And it's really cool to see that transition. And this gentleman who is so hardcore is now like comes in every day just to have his cup of coffee and conversation and to, and to just sit and observe. And, and he, you know, the things he says now, he's like, I just, I'm so, I feel so comfortable here. And, and it's an inviting space. And this is somebody who, who you would never perceive coming into a yoga studio. Right. So then I know the intention is working, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's allowing that space for other people who wouldn't normally come into a space like this. Right. And it's so like, I love, it's my favorite part about teaching yoga or even Mm -hmm. doing personal training is like, you get to change so many people's perspective on life. It's not just on, on an idea. It is like, it's the way you wake up in the morning. It's the way you drink your coffee. It's like an Ayurveda and Ayurveda living. It's like doing things with intention. So when you're cooking Mm -hmm. your food, so many people, hate the process of cooking. And so they put all that energy into their food and they're like, Oh, but it doesn't taste that great when I do it, or I'd rather go out X, Y, and Z. But when you start putting that, 
I love cooking. This mm-hmm. smells so good. And I'm exactly. going to have so much nutrients in my belly and I'm going to feel so good mm-hmm. afterwards. And maybe I have some people to feed. You know, I loved feeding my grandfather because. Oh, I know. I loved listening to your, I loved watching your journey when you were living with your grandfather. Yeah, It was so cool. And, I, and you would always share some of your, you know, your meals that you were cooking him. And it was so amazing to see that. And, and I think that's where social media is beneficial because it does allow us to connect on that level where we would never be able to have that experience right right when it comes comes to our food and I and I talk about this in our teacher training is when you're cooking your food for somebody else if you're upset if you're angry or you're just having a bad day that energy is now going to be in the food and then those people are going to eat it and then that's not good. So, and this goes into Reiki, right? And this yes. is like when you, when we, we had, there's this big thing too around the, like the internet and social media. And it's like your energy, you are light, you know, and then we have Reiki and a lot of people think, you know, Reiki is just like mumble jumble or, mm-hmm. you know, which, which doctors or whatever like that. So yeah. what needs to be I feel needs to be recognized and brought to the conscious mind is that, you know, going back to Albert Einstein, everything is energy and matter, right? So this is matter. I am matter. Your matter. Everything has matter. So then we go into like, if you are looking, you know, through a window and the sun is shining through and you can see the dust and the particles, and then there's bugs, every, the whole world is alive. Okay. So we're collecting energy and we're dispersing energy. We eat food and we poop food. Exactly. So we have to get really conscious about how, like our energy and how it shows up every day. Like, did I just drink a fifth of tequila and get, you know, and then try to go to work the next day or yeah. <laughs> am yeah. I doing that a lot? Am yeah. I, or am I waking up at 6am or reading a book before bed and doing yoga, you know, yeah. because it used to be a fifth of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. And, and, um, I think one of the things that has really helped me with my own, um, what I choose to bring into my day-to-day things is, what I'm doing in the present moment is going to build my life and not what I'm going to do tomorrow, but what I'm doing right now. So if I decide to, you know, I'm going to sit down and drink a bottle of wine tonight, I'm going to feel like pure crap tomorrow. So, and that's just, I can't wait till tomorrow to feel better. I have to decide what am I bringing into it right now now. to build my health, right? Like I didn't start doing yoga until I was in my late forties and Mm -hmm. I was a pack and a half a day smoker until I was 40 years old. I didn't exercise. I came from, you know, genetics that didn't exercise and my parents were smokers and drinkers. And so I had to overcome a lot of those generational genetics as well. Um, And that took a lot of work. So I, but I remember thinking if I don't quit doing this, I'm going to be dead. I'll die. I'll die. And I knew it. There was a part of me that knew I won't see grandchildren. I couldn't even walk, you know, 15 feet. And I was like, you know, cause I was, I was not taking care of myself. 
Yes. I was the same way. I, I started smoking when I was like 16. My parents yeah. were smokers. My whole family smoked. Exactly. I smoked in the house. Like yep. and whether, and, and like I smoked until I was like 25 until right up until Rishikesh. Yeah. You know? Um, and it, I, my sister and I had this conversation and it's like, even though I didn't smoke as a, as a child or a kid, you know, I you still were breathing all that in. I have been breathing in secondhand smoke since I was born yeah. and I've had nicotine in my body. Even my mom smoked before I was born. So Same. Yeah. genetically I've mm-hmm. had nicotine in my body my whole life. Yeah. So overcoming that has been such a, a battle, such a yes. battle because yeah. when I broke up with my fiance at 19, cause I thought that was a great idea. Um, <laughs> the oh, first yeah. thing I, or I think it was like 18 or 19, but the first thing I did was turn to cigarettes because, yeah. and I didn't even smoke. <laughs> I didn't even smoke. It was just like, I would socially go out and drink with my friends. I might have a cigarette with a drink, but never on the daily. Yeah. The first thing I did was like, I'm going to go out to the store and I'm going to go and grab a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to go and hang out with my friends. And that was the first time I bought myself a pack of cigarettes. I was like 18, 19 years old. Yeah. But I was smoking a lot before that, but just never for myself, you know? Um, and it was dreadful. So would like, Mm -hmm. you would say that like yoga and meditation definitely drived you. Oh yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, and I know that I, I loved smoking. So I know Love that if I a coffee and a cigarette, never, ever, a good ever, poop. <laughs> exactly. Never, ever, ever. That's why I fucking love you. <laughs> awesome. like, and that's the reality of life. It's the reality like, of life. We're yes. not going to sugarcoat any of this because no. we're no different. I'm no different than you. You're no, no different than the, no. the person next door. And like, no, and I think tobacco isn't bad if done in the proper dosages at the right time. Exactly. But if we're smoking a pack a day and what, you know, we're just throwing yeah. it away, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, exactly. It's if so I, much. if I could have one cigarette and enjoy it, that would be awesome. But my personality is like you said it earlier, I want to break it all down. I'm not going to have to, and I'm not going to be just a one cigarette smoker. I'm going to smoke, you know, the pack and a half, and I'm going to be right back to that bad habit. So I consciously am aware of that. And I have to remind myself that I have to make choices that are going to continue because now I have to heal Mm -hmm. all of the generational damage that I've done to my body and what I did to it, or that was, you know, what I was born into and then what I contributed to it. Right. Right. So, you know, we didn't eat healthy as children. So there was all kinds of things to overcome. So, you know, when people say, Oh, I can't do it. Yes, you can. It just, it really takes conscious effort in it and willpower. You have to do the work. So a lot of that too is with the, the, I can't. So I noticed Mm -hmm. this as like a child. So I'm an Aries. Mm -hmm. So I'm a fire sign and not that I like go with all with my zodiacal stuff, but it it does, it is, it does relate. It's a big one. Um, my sun sign is a fire sign, you know, and that's if you we go up the chakras it's that's the third Mm -hmm. chakra it's the fire exactly and then that in that willpower right and that's the willpower and a lot of it is the gut is off and so if we don't feel like we're going in the right direction or if you know feel like you can't do something our gut's gonna tell us 
your gut's going to tell you. And so you've got to find it like inside your mind, inside your body. And to like, say, is this good for me? And if the mm-hmm. intuition and the gut says, yeah, this is good for me. Exactly. But then it's just like, um, but this scares me. That's the other thing, but this scares me. The, then the, the mind starts going off and you go into fight, flight, or freeze and exactly. then down into the lower chakras when we need to go into yep. the higher ones, we need to breathe and yeah. like ask ourselves these realistic questions. Yeah. And that's why I love the chakra system. I think it's just a, an amazing framework to work with because it, it's, they can be very abstract, but really, really helpful when, when we need to know what do we need to work on? Right. So we talk about the the sensual desires and the desires to create a life, but that's not enough. Right. The desires aren't enough. You have to get off your ass and you have to do it. You Mm -hmm. can't just say, I want to be healthy or I want to have Jehovah's witnesses are outside my window. (laughs) Are you serious? serious. I think they're going to my house. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Mackenzie, I'm not an, I, don't, I just want to say really quick. I'm not against Jehovah's Witnesses. Me I either. love Jehovah's Witnesses. I just, it's like a, I, just, I love it. And I, I don't want to cut it short, but I have to, um, you have to teach a class. I have to I, teach a class. Legitimately. I, when I just put my hand over right before the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. came, I was like, Hey, what time do we have? It's four 30. And she has a class at five. I you do, can- but I also have to make some food before class. Yes. So we just had the same conscious thought at the same time, right at one the hour same time, which is was, amazing. I love yeah. it. All right. <laughs> so, um, I just want to say, um, thank you so much for coming on thank to you. the show today and talking about the big, the big things about the conscious mind and how yeah. we can kind of just move through like going into sleep and slumber and yoga exactly. and how yoga plays a part into our, our daily lives and how yeah. it, it worked with you. And I just want to ask really quick, um, what was the name? What's the name of your book? I want to shout that out real quick. So my book is called out of the darkness, out of the darkness. I, am, I there's a couple called that, but mine is out of the darkness. I am yoga. Just do it. Damn it. That's the name of the book. <laughs> and where can, where can people buy it? So book? it can be purchased on Amazon. Um, okay. Also on my website. If you go to my website, there's a link on there. Okay. Um, and through freezing press. Awesome. It can be purchased. Yeah. And I think I can also put a link below and in the yeah. bio of this uh, podcast. So, oh, and, perfect. Yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. And uh, yeah. So I'll put it down below. That way, people can, you guys, if you want to, you guys can go below, click her link, buy her book. Um, she's amazing. She's oh, so thank you, intel- Audrey is the, one of the most beautiful, intelligent people ever. It's Aww. just literally like you're some, such mother energy. And I love. I just love you. (laughs) I love you too. And I'm so, so thankful that I had the opportunity to do this with you. And I just am so grateful to have you in my life. And, um, you know, we seem to connect when it's really needed and it's been appreciated. I know over the past couple of years, um, you know, it's been important to have these connections. And I think having that conscious, um, connections is helpful to keep us, keep us moving forward. Yeah. Expanding souls expanding, mind expanding, and it's never too late. It's never too late. So if you're listening to this and you think that you can't experience this, you can, you know, showing up and just, it doesn't have to be rocket science. We don't have to create, you know, all these things, but just 
be present. Just be just present, be present in your with life. yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Like show up. Life could be over tomorrow, you know? And yes. so like, although we're talking about being conscious in our daily living and the conscious mind and how we can expand it, yeah. it at the end of the day, just be super present, you know, like yeah. even today with, um, with this and podcast, everything. You yeah. know, we had to be super present with each other because yeah. I still had to set up my whole podcasting system. Yeah. I just got my desk put like into my room. I just moved into my new apartment in Florida and I'm like, okay, I'm recording my first podcast in the new <laughs> house, in the new area. If you can tell my walls are blank, I had a whiteboard up and it fell at three o'clock in the morning. Oh no. <laughs> and so I'm like, <laughs> I had a, a client jump on my schedule really quick and I was like, oh my gosh. So I had to run home. So I was running late and having that present, you know, like we can't, we can't change anything. I can't force anything to happen. I can't make things happen the way I want to just go with it. And we just go with it. We make it flow. So I want to say, Andre, thank you so much for flowing with me. Thank you, Mackenzie. A beautiful divine light in my life. Well, thank you for being one in mine. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I'm like blushing. You make me feel so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I love you. You're an amazing soul. And I very much appreciate being here with you. Thank you so much. And um, you have a beautiful day. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to run and get some food ready and then get ready for class. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us, Audrey. And we hope to have you on the show again. That'd be awesome. Thank you, Mackenzie. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So if you are trying to consciously live, as you can see, it is a lot. It's a lot to take on to be conscious of your actions of how you show up, how you are being aware in your daily life, no matter what that may look like. Um, and you can tell, like, it's, it's a lot of different things to be conscious. And even if you're not conscious, it's okay. Um, everything will, will wake up and move as it's supposed to. And like Audrey and I were just saying, you cannot force your body to, to be where it it's not yet. Okay. So being patient with yourself and sitting in the moment in, in the present is one of the most important things I I, I've probably like brought into my life. You know, I've always wanted to go and go and go and get things done, make money. Um, got to pay the bills, got, got to have extra things for this and this and this and this. And then you realize like, not everybody's going to be here forever. And these moments I will never get back. And this is my life. I, I only get one of these that I think of, that I know of at least. Um, And although everything feels good, make sure you're really checking in with yourself every single day, guys, every single day, checking in with yourself and making sure that you feel good in your mind and in your body and with your dreams. Don't just give up on your dreams just because you have to pay bills. Okay. Like if you're living the right dream and if you're doing it right or go get some help, you know, if you're not doing it right, um, it will, it will give back. It will give back. Okay. So don't give up on your dreams, whatever they look like. And if you aren't, aren't meeting the standards and, and the practices or whatever it is that you need, in life because you're trying to hit a goal and it's just not working, 
make a compromise. Don't just give up, make compromises. Okay. Because it, it makes a difference on how everything flows on how you show up in your daily life, because we don't have to completely give up on what we want to do with, with who we are. We don't have to give that up. I feel like that's happened a lot in our society, in our world, where we had this idea of what life was going to look like. And then it just, boom, especially like COVID, right? Like we have all these expectations of what life should look like. And somehow they like die a little bit that, that vision dies, but the feeling of a, of how it made us feel never died. It never went away. You still feel it. Like it still makes your soul happy. It still gives you butterflies. You know, I feel like that with gymnastics sometimes and moving my body. But then I was in a car accident when I was 18 and herniated my two discs, two discs in my pack, my L4 and five. And I'll do another podcast on that, but I can't move my body the same way. And that was, is, was, is frustrating sometimes because I'm so used to um, tossing girls in the air, um, doing full twists, tumbling across the floor, bars, beam, vault, you know, twisting my body in ways that were unimaginable to the basic human person. And I loved it. And that was all taken away from me in a sense for myself, my body now wakes up in pain. You watched me go through a whole podcast, you know, moving my body because I cannot sit in one place without my body aching and which is why I go to yoga. So, um, becoming really conscious of like what really makes us happy, right? So I can still move my body and I can still help people move their bodies and I can help people follow their dreams. And I do that through, yoga, through personal training, through, um, um, a lifestyle mentor, I help, you know, things like this. So although a part of the dream did die, a big part of it did not, you know, and I can still help people hit their dreams and their goals and their accomplishments and my own as well, too, because my dreams haven't died. They've just shifted, right? We've just shifted the dream. <laughs> we have some other And for me, you know, for my, for the conscious evolution of the mind, um, we really just have to, you know, listen. And sometimes it's lying to us. Sometimes your mind does lie to you. It's one like in criminal psychology, it's one of the first things that we learn is that in, um, when we are putting, put put on stand as a, as an eyewitness, a psychologist means to be called or anything like that, but it's not in the books that a psychologist needs to be called, but I believe they should be because the mind can lie and put false images and false memories into your mind. It, it fills in the blanks with what it knows or what it thinks it knows and then puts it there if it's not actually there. And so when you're doing an eyewitness statement, I believe, you know, if there are any psychologists or like, if you're a lawyer or if you work in the court system, if you have eyewitness, um, people on the stand, have them talk to the psychologist and make sure that they are, their story is straight and make sure that they are seeing what they are seeing and everything lines up because a lot of times, you know, the mind can play tricks on us 
in so many different ways. And although that's like totally irrelevant, like go, go get a case lawyer and go see a psychologist. But what the whole point of that is that you can't always trust it. You can't always trust it when it says, Hey, you look really ugly today, or you look really fat, or that shirt looks really gross, or you can't do that. Um, you can't make that amount of money. You'll never be that good. All these things the mind says to you lies. Okay. Lies. So you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. You can reset your gene codes. You can turn on and turn off gene codes inside your mind and body by just thinking about it. All you have to do is change your mind. That's it. Turn it off, right? That's all it takes to change a gene code in your body is to think about it and now create a habit. And you can change a new code in an instant. And that's psychologically proven. I learned it in psych 101. <laughs> and then we just keep continuing on with that through lifespan and human development psychology. And then you continue on with that with um, physiological psychology. Um, and for those of you guys who don't know, I study psychology. Um, I am working on my bachelor's in science in psychology right now on a break from school. Um, but that's not my end all be all to be a psychologist. I just love the study of the mind, the body and the soul. So like right now for work, I'm doing personal training and yoga. And I love that because like Audrey and I were saying, it's all one thing, the mind and the body, they're not disconnected. So if we can work with one in one way, we are working with the other, it correlates, they match, you know, their reflection. So to me, like people have asked me, you know, like, what's your, what do you want to do? You want to get a degree? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd like to be a doctor, get a PhD or something, but you know what? Consciously, if I made a conscious thought about it, um, going to this Western college absolutely kills me and drains my mental mind. Um, it's not healthy for me. I can, it's really hard for me to work and go to school because I'm going to school for 40 hours a week. If I don't go to school for 40 hours a week, I lose my scholarships. Um, and so like, if I done, if I'm not going full time, not necessarily 40 hours, but you're, I'm talking about like, cause you do 15 hours of classes, like credits, but like with homework and papers and X, Y, and Z, it's almost, it's a full-time job. It's almost 40 hours a week that you're putting into full-time college and then going to school or going to work for me, I created a business. I created me conscious and I have an online yoga subscription. So, um, for those of you guys who don't know, you can subscribe to my yoga and you join me every morning or whenever you want to tap in. I have a practice for you for, um, every element and every zodiacal sign we flow with the moon, the moon's energy. So that way we can balance the the hormones and the chemicals and the water in our body while we're doing our yoga. So I created that. And then I do consulting and, um, what else do I do? I do consulting for Ayurveda business and lifestyle. So I just kind of help people out with how they show up in the world, just like we're doing, being more conscious of your living of your life. Um, because I thoroughly enjoy helping people, and sometimes that can be a lot, you know? So at the end of the day, um, college is not end all be all for me. I don't have to have a degree. I just like to learn. And so as long as I'm educated, as long as we educate ourselves, guys, that's all that matters. So 
don't get so caught up with what what happens in the in the future the jehovah's witnesses are still here <laughs> if you guys have been following since the beginning <laughs> there was jehovah's witnesses coming to our apartments um and again i love it i love the religion it's just um it's just funny i find it great i love it that they come to your door and they knock and they ask you about what you're doing with your life um so yeah and that's kind of all I have for today, guys. I just kind of want to continue on with the consciousness and how we show up in the world and how we all deal with it. Right. Like Audrey and I said, like, we're not, you're not alone when it comes to duality of living in spirituality and living in the societal world and also wanting to be healthy and conscious, but also wanting to be human and live and expand and grow in every way, shape or form that fits your needs, you know, like sometimes we just want to let loose and have fun and you can do that, but sometimes we have to find a balance and what, what that looks like for, uh, for you, you know? Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast today and it kind of hits you in a, in a spot that kind of opened your mind a little bit for me. It's, it's saying that you're not always alone. You're, always surrounded by people who are doing this same journey, this same practice as you. It just looks a little different, a little bit of a different perspective. So if we can just have a little patience and love and gratitude towards every person as much as we can, right? Like just as much as we can for life and just being patient with ourselves and the people around us, it creates a little bit better of a flow for this world that we're living in this floating ball in space. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in, for being here, for being my friend and just being awesome. (laughs) I'm like, what else do I say? You guys leave me speechless. I love doing this podcast with you guys and showing up. Um, It keeps me super conscious. It keeps me super present. It keeps me evolving and moving. So thank you for being here in this moment. And if you guys have any suggestions of podcasts that you guys would like to personally talk about, or if you would like to do a podcast, anything like that, please reach out to me. My email will be below, um, or you can leave a comment or just reach out in any social media platform. I would love to get to know you and talk to you about who you are and how you've changed the world. Um, I work with artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, business owners. I love to help not only the, not just the conscious people and the yogis, the holistic and the organic, you know, I live in duality as well too. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, um, how they've expanded, you know, how they've grown and how they made it in the world and what are they doing to make a difference in the world? Because that's what I really want to see. I want to see entrepreneurs taking that, all that, that success, right? All the success that you have from your business and what are you doing with it to make a difference in the world? How are you changing the, not changing because we're not changing anything, but how are you making a difference in the world? How are you being of service um, and, and giving back? you know? So, um, thank you so much guys for showing up for me and I can't wait to show up for you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you. Namaste.